the Discuss Metal Podcast with Josiah Lyle of Rival Choir. Hosted by Dan Terry. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Discuss Metal Podcast. I am your host, Dan. And uh, you guys already probably knew that. You probably only care who I'm talking to. Uh, and that is Mr. Josiah Lyle, uh, who was uh, most most popular for being in the band Rival Choir and Mouth of the South before that. How are you doing tonight, man? Doing wonderful. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you've got some exciting stuff going on right now. You just put a new song out, which I just had the name of pulled up like literally five minutes ago. I listened to it and I loved it, but I can't remember what it was called. <laughs> yeah, the song is called Feigned. And the new project is Sick Heart. Yeah, and it sounds like you took kind of a um, kind of a more atmospheric approach um, musically to this one. It's heavy, but kind of like more heavy on the emotion than than anything else. Yeah, that's for the most part. That's kind of always been the way that I've written music. Um, I didn't write everything in almost nothing in Rival Choir, but a lot of Mouth of the South. Um, but a lot of my style is kind of more driven on that end of things with like a, a lot of influence from under oath and Essity's burn and that type of stuff is kind of where I come from. Well, speaking of where you come from, um, where did you grow up? Grew up in uh, Arlington, Texas, right in the heart of the DFW Metroplex. Um, born and raised here. Uh, I lived out of state for a couple of years with my wife over the last uh, three, five, uh, let's see how long we've been back in Texas Been back in Texas for almost two years now. And uh, two and a half years before that, we were in Washington State for a year and Las Vegas for a year and a half. So what was uh, what was music like for you growing up? So I grew up in um, a a really musical family. My dad um, was the worship leader of a church in Arlington Um, since I was two years old. Before that, he was in a Christian church. contemporary Christian music band, um, called Gabriel. Uh, he played keyboard along with another keyboardist and they had an electric drum set drummer. So it was very eighties, very electronic. Uh, and they played a bunch of like, um, big Christian festivals and, and stuff like that. So I've, I've grown up in music my entire life. It's always been a part of, of who I am and, and, uh, a part of my family. So, yeah. Well, and I get the impression that you're kind of a multi-instrumentalist. Uh, I'm looking behind you, and I see keyboards and a guitar and um, a fancy microphone that you're talking to me on now. Um, what got <laughs> you? So I guess just growing up in it, it, did you learn like multiple instruments early on, or um, is there anyone um, in particular you latched onto? I started learning guitar first uh, and took like some lessons with that, but. Um, with guitar, I mean, it, it wasn't hard to teach myself the basics of bass. Um, I've tried to pick up some piano recently, but other than that, like it's it's just been little bits and pieces picking up here and there. Um, no real formal training on anything. I did uh, guitar lessons, but that's about it. Um, I I'd want to be good at everything. It's just I don't always have the time to uh, invest in in learning all of them. <laughs> uh, what got you into uh, heavy music growing up? Uh, my best friend, Will, um, introduced me to, to music like this. Um, he had friends from the church that he went to that introduced him. They actually ended up being the founding members of Mouth of the South. Um, so they, they kind of showed him early stuff like 
Ezele dying, um, Hesedes burning bridges, uh, Under Oath, a chariot, Norma Jean, um, uh, Agony scene, stuff like that. He kind of showed me all of that. And it, it, I didn't love it right off the bat. Oh, and Zeo. Um, showed me Zeo. Zeo, I, I liked right off the bat as soon as I heard them. They weren't the first heavy band that he showed me, but once I heard them, I was like, okay. I really like this. And then honestly, like once I started getting more into the lyrics of like Under Oath um, and As Cities Burn, that kind of really drew me a lot more than, than where I was right off the bat. So, you know, with the, with those types of bands, um, you know, obviously more, more in the Christian music uh, mm-hmm. heavy scene, were there any other bands uh, that weren't a part of that scene that you guys got into or was it kind of one of those? Because I know when I was, when I was growing up, we pretty much only listen to Christian bands. I don't remember if it was because we weren't allowed to not listen to other bands or what it was. Yeah, honestly, I think some of that is like the, and it stills around today, the stereotypes of metal music of being this like satanic thing from like the older generation thinking that it's this like awful thing and, and only bad people listen to it and whatnot. And so um, being raised in the church and stuff like that, I had to kind of find a way to make it work, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, agony scene, I guess wouldn't, wouldn't fall under the lines of, of a Christian band. Um, as I got more into it, uh, Amir was a huge, huge one for me. Um, I really liked Amir growing up. Um, oh man, I'm trying to think of what other bands misery signals was probably my favorite, like non-Christian, uh, metalcore band and still is probably my favorite metalcore band. They're ridiculously good. Absolutely. One literally one of the best bands ever to exist. And uh, I think we're going to be here, be hearing some more out of them pretty soon. Yeah, I'm stoked. Those first two songs they put out were ridiculous. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, with, with that foundation and, and, you know, you said you didn't really care for some of the bands starting out. So, um, how does one go from not caring much for it to becoming a guy that sings it? Hmm. Um, I've personally compared it to um, drinking beer. Uh, I hated beer whenever I first started drinking it. Specific, let's say specifically IPAs. The The first IPA I ever had, I hated. Um, I thought it was absolutely disgusting, and I didn't understand why there was a, a trend towards it. Um, and now I love IPAs. Uh, and so with with metal music, like it was just so – at the time, it was so different than anything I'd ever heard before. It's so clashing with what I knew to be like music. Um, and uh, really, I think what got me like hooked was the the emotion behind it, um, the, the depth of realness that whether it was a Christian band or a secular band, it, it just was like a place that you could say exactly what you wanted to say. And so for me, it turned into therapy even before I was the vocalist of any of the bands that I was in, I was always writing the lyrics. And so it was an, it, it was a outlet for me to say something, um, and, and get things off my chest and you know, like really be pronounced and, and who I am and what I stand for. Um, and so that's, that's what I really fell in love with. So was, uh, was mouth of the South, your first band? Uh, no, I had one before mouth of the South. We were called the Victorian and we were around for, Maybe a couple years before, um, before I joined Mouth of the South. Yeah, probably like two years. Same style or? Yeah. Yeah. We were kind of like 
best friend bands with Mouth of the South um, in the local scene. Uh, we'd play all of our shows together. Well, when Mouth of the South first started out, they could only play, um, I think, like four shows a year because the drummer and vocalist mom was like not into them doing music. Oh. Um, and so they could only play a few shows and we made sure we played all the shows with them um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, we're, we're still a heavy kind of metal band, but a little different. That seems to be the way it always goes with a local scene. You'll have bands that are, there'll always be like two or three bands that are best friends. And then one of those bands ultimately ends up like farming people yeah. out of the, out of the other yeah. bands. Yeah. It's whichever one catches on more. They kind of become the super group. <laughs> so what was it about mouth of the South that, you know, would, would have made, basically did end up making it the band that, that caught on. Um, yeah. Now the hard questions start. <laughs> so i hope you ate your wheaties <laughs> <laughs> so i mean for me for, for it being the band that i joined we'll start there um <clears throat> that's just kind of where I, I started hanging out with those guys a lot more um my best friend at the time helped start it and then wasn't in it for a while and then rejoined it and he rejoined that's when my band had broken up and it was like okay then i guess i'll join too um, and it just, it just made sense socially, essentially. Um, they were catching on more than the band that I was in was, um, originally it was supposed to be a Southern metal band. Um, and, and it was originally, we have a, a old, old EP from like, oh, when would that have been? Oh, seven, oh eight, something like that. That was like straight, you know, mailing in the sons of disasters type type band. Um, and I liked that at the time. I was super into Maylene and Once Nothing um, and some other local bands that were real Southern. And being from Texas, it's kind of just what we did. Um, but for it to get like once I joined, it changed a lot because um, I didn't really write Southern music uh, on my own. I learned how to play all their songs, but that's not what I was writing. Um, so we changed pretty drastically. Um, we went through a ridiculous amount of member changes. I think total including rival choir. It's, it's over like 25 members of mouth of the South rival choir. Um, so yeah, like we went through a bunch of people and with that comes a lot of different styles, a lot of in, we noticed really stuck. So we were banned for a while. Um, we broke up mouth of the South fully broke up in 2009 had it been 2009, 2010, something like that. Um, it just wasn't working. There's a lot of, a lot of personal stuff going on between all the members um, and then when we got back together, uh, it was me and the drummer that I've mainly been working with now with my new project, um, kind of reform mouth the South. Um, but I, at the time I was playing guitar and I decided, no, I've got, I've got more to say than I do to play essentially. Um, so I, I wanted to make the switch to vocals, um, and went through a lot of just, I don't know, hard, hard times in my life, um, spiritually, um, emotionally relationships with girlfriends, family, friends, all that kind of stuff. Just a lot of crap happened. Um, and so I just felt like I had a lot to say. And I think starting off the, the new wave of mouth of the South with some really honest lyrics and raw music is kind of what, um, what we became known for, I feel like, in in the local scene and, and across, you know, from touring and all that kind of stuff. Like, we that's what we always strove to be was just as honest as we possibly could be. We wanted to be transparent. We didn't want to hide anything. We just want to be like, hey, we're some messed up dudes that 
screw up all the time. And this is the music that we love. This is our, um, like I said earlier, therapy. And if you relate to it, awesome. Um, it sucks that you, it sucks that you relate to it. Cause I don't want anyone to go through this type of stuff, <laughs> but, right. but it's cool to like have that because like, whether I like it or not, people are going to go through similar things. And so at least we can have that kind of connecting force, I guess. So with the, with the name of mouth of the South, was that like a, just a carryover from the Southern, like the Southern metal days? Yeah. So it, it, um, they, all the time that we were Mouth of the South, we were competing with uh, on the hashtag of Mouth of the South with um, the wrestling. Um, I guess he wasn't a wrestler. Jimmy Hart was uh, more of like a not even an announcer. I don't know what his role in wrestling was, but he was the Mouth of the South. And so all of the hashtag was either us, him, or some random rapper. Um, <laughs> But the name came from, I think Jimmy Hart had an energy drink and the guys that started the band saw that name on an energy drink and thought, wow, that would be a sick Southern metal name, Southern metal band name. So let's name our band Mouth of the South. And it stuck and we didn't change it for a long time because we just didn't. (laughs) Okay, that was going to be my next question is, you know, if you if you change styles, and the band had come to a close more or less. And then you ended up reforming the band, I guess. Was it, um, just because you already had the name it's a lot easier when you already have a name versus coming up with a new one. Yeah. I mean, I, I had proposed it whenever I joined the band, um, of changing it like back in 08. Um, but the, I was not an original member and there was still a lot of original members and they kind of, Um, yeah, so they outvoted me on that and we just kind of stuck with it because that's what it had been for so long. We, we had started a following. So the argument was, let's not change it now. Um, our argument didn't last. Let's see. When, what did we change the name? Seven years later. Yeah. (laughs) When we, we should have changed it seven years previously. And then we waited until rival choir and made an attempt and just did not work out. Gotcha. (laughs) So, you know, you guys ended up putting out a independent record um eventually, which was uh in let me see if my if my math is correct or my twenty thirteen you guys put out a record called Transparency and you put it out by yourself. So there was no backing for that at all. Yeah, Jesus, was that twenty that was seven years ago in two days. Woof. Yeah, July second we put it out, two thousand thirteen. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, um, at the time, like we, we had an EP out before that, that was, um, we were, we were starting to get a a decent following locally and regionally throughout Texas. Um, and so we decided to go and record a full length. Um, we had a buddy in Oklahoma, uh, Ryan Harvey, um, who had done like a bunch of our other friends bands. Um, and so we went with him originally we were going to do an EP because, at the time, it was like coming out of Face Down Records, like what was uh, Strike First? Yeah, Face Down so, Junior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all those bands, and even even like um, O Sleeper and some Solid State bands, they they in our perspective, they did like a five six song EP, released that independently, and then re recorded that with a label and put out a full length um, with those EP songs. And so that was that was our idea going into it. It's like all right. Let's do a six song EP. We've got these six songs. 
Um, and then as we got closer to it, like a couple weeks out, we're like, you know what, let's just, let's try to cram it all in and do a full length. Let's try to write four more songs. Um, and we were at our bassist's parents' house out in Oklahoma. They live on a giant farm. And so we just kind of set up shop out there and wrote all day, every day, um, and came up with a few more songs and recorded all of them with our buddy in seven days. Um, other than my vocals, I, I, I blew out my voice real hard on day one. Um, I did the song Uprooted, which is the first track. Well, I guess I did Prologue and Uprooted, which are the first two tracks on Transparency, and just completely destroyed my vocals. Um, We went on a tour right after that, and I could not scream the entire time. Like I I sounded like uh, like I was not I, I did not have a voice at all. Um, so I had to come back over and over and over again and make separate trips to Oklahoma. Um, but yeah, we, we recorded a, a full length album completely independently, shopped it out to, um, face down and solid state. Um, cause we were, you know, trying very hard to be on a Christian or at least like faith based, um, label. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's where that came from. So what was the, and this is actually a question I don't ask everybody, but what was the, uh, what was the parental situation like as far as support and things like that? And I always ask that because I know when I played in a band, um, very similar Christian band going out of town all the time, recording all the time. Um, well, you know, I know my parents weren't like totally down with it. So I'm just wondering, um, you know, what that situation was like from your perspective. So for me, um, I was in a a little bit of a unique situation, I guess. Uh, one, having a dad that toured um, consistently um, before I was born, um, and even when I was, you know, nine, ten years old, he he did a, a couple different things with some um, contemporary Christian artists. Um, so that that wasn't like a unfamiliar thing for him, um, especially we were playing some of the festivals that he had played in the past, like Ichthus and. Uh, and stuff like that. Um, so that, that wasn't anything that kind of threw them off, um, by any means. And kind of at that time, my parents had gone through, um, a divorce and my dad was kind of juggling how to be a father, a single dad to, to all of, uh, me and my four brothers. Um, and then pretty much all of the band guys moved into my dad's house too. Oh man. Um, so we were we were all living with my dad and my two younger brothers. My two older brothers were already out of the house, um, but we were all living in the house together. And so I think it was probably kind of nice for us to get out of there so that we weren't having like six people in my dad's house at a time. <laughs> right. Um, but for all the other guys, it was we all had completely unique backgrounds um, and unique situations and experiences with our parents. I know our bassist Colton, um, he was in a band before Mouth of the South called Challenger. And, uh, when he left for his first tour, his dad pulled aside the other members of the band and his dad's this like handlebar mustache, long hair farmer, um, from Oklahoma that could, you know, kick anybody's butt. Um, and he pulled him aside and he's like, see that there, that's, that's my, that's my only son. If you hurt him, I'll kill you. Oh my God. And okay. It happens to him. I'll kill you. Something like that. Um, oh, so that was his experience. But at the same time, they were incredibly supportive that his dad drove out to, 
um, Quebec City in Canada, which is like almost the furthest away from Oklahoma you can possibly get in North America. Yeah. Um, he drove all the way out there because our 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 uh, bus broke down, and well, I guess he yeah he was did he drive out there? No, he was getting ready to because we we had broken down, we got fixed there, but he did drive out to St. Louis. We we broke down in St. Louis. Um, and he drove from Muskogee, Oklahoma, picked us up in a gooseneck after working a full 12 hour day, oh. drove straight out to St. Louis, picked us up, strapped us up, came back, replaced our radiator for us. We broke down another time in, uh, Birmingham or right outside of Birmingham. He came after another 12 hour day on the farm, drove straight out, you know, eight hours to come get us, picked us up, drove another straight eight hours back to Oklahoma. Um, the, the amount of times they've housed us, we wrote most of transparency at their house in Oklahoma. Like they were the most incredibly supportive people ever. Um, and it was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, definitely was not my experience <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah. no, that's it's not, it's definitely not everybody's. I mean, we had some, some band members that didn't last because of parental stuff. Sure. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of varied. Now, you know, you'd mentioned earlier about, you know, wanting to be signed to a faith-based label, you know, because yeah. it's like face down or solid state. Those are like the golden nuggets, I guess, of of, right. of where you'd want to be. Um, you know, was it always the intent of the band to be a Christian uh, spiritual oriented band? So whenever I joined, I I was I, I took over kind of writing a lot of the lyrics and I was not in a in that place at all. Um, like I said before, I was at, at that time, I was super into Amir. Um, oh right, sure. <laughs> so my lyrics were were trying to be emulating Amir, um, and you know we were all about partying and all that kind of stuff. And one of my first shows um, that we played was with For Today at this real small venue in Texas, um, and it was the first time I'd heard of them, first time I'd seen them, and it really like me and my best friend, um, who both of us were the guitarists, you know. Originally, it was like, we want to do that someday. Um, and then someday kind of happened within a week of that. And we from then it was like, all right, well, this is what we're going to do. And that's it. And from there, we kind of never turned back. Yeah, after seeing you for today, it's kind of hard not to go home feeling some <laughs> feeling something, you know. Um, yeah. I think for yeah, some for people, sure. that's like straight rage. And some people, it's like, uh, you know, very uplifting. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, it's a wide variety. <laughs> so you definitely, so that, that was a little bit before face down. So what, uh, how, how'd you guys get in touch with face down, um, and Jason and all that? Um, how did that start? I think right after we finished transparency, we, well, no, even before transparency, when I was playing guitar, we played a, like two shows within the midst of lions um st louis and, band yep yep <laughs> probably my well the heart of man is probably my favorite metal album ever um but yeah so we we got to meet those guys hang out with them a little bit and showed them our old old ep when i was on guitar they really liked it a lot um and uh we we were just trying to befriend face down bands um we toured with onward to olympus right after we were finished recording uh transparency and um, I know we had like given them that album at the time it was before we released transparency. We were trying to get that to be released by face down, 
But um, we recorded it in 2012, and at that time, Facetown already had like all of their. Or I guess it had to have been 2013 when we chopped it to them. Yeah, and at at the time that whatever year we chopped it to them, they had already kind of filled up their release schedule for the year. Um, and so we're like, all right, well then we'll do this independently. We'll see, you know, what kind of traction we can get on this. Um, and then we can use that as kind of a bargaining chip. If it sucks and we don't get anything, then we know we're not going to continue, but if, right. it up, <laughs> if it picks up some traction then we can say, Hey, look what we did on our own. This is what we're bringing to the table now. Um, and what we have to offer. So had you more or less decided on FaceTown, or was there still kind of like, a, we'll send this to Solid State, we'll send it to FaceTown. Did you send to any other labels? Or? Um, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember who was there besides FaceTown and Solid State. Blood and Ink, maybe? I don't know if they were still around. They definitely were. Um, but in our heads at the time, it was either Solid State or FaceTown. And I don't... I, I believe we sent it out to some reps at Solid State, but I just I don't think it ever got the traction with them um, that it did with Face Down. Yeah. So you guys ended up eventually, um, obviously, signing with Face Down and started working on your label debut, uh, which was uh, Struggle Well. Um, what was that? And by the way, I, I love that album. That's probably one of my top Face Face Down releases. Um, and and there's a reason for that. Um, in that, you know, not, you know, it's not just sweet riffs and all of that. It's literally just that, you know, a lot of face down bands, it's not a slam on the label, but a lot of face down bands are very like tough, you know, and, and, and very hardcore and, and, and all right. of that. And, uh, and I remember like hearing, hearing the announcement of like, yeah, face down announces that they sign a band called mouth of the South. And I was like, this is going to be. Like this is going to be some like tough guy, like Pantera worship kind of, you know, kind of band. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be into that. Uh, And then I heard it and it was, it was one of the most passionate things that I'd ever heard out of that scene. Um, I can't think of a lot of stuff that even comes close. And, um, but you guys had signed with, you guys signed with face down. You put that record out. Um, What was the reception like for you guys as far as that record? And I'm going to get into some specific things about that record too, um, as we go on. But what, what was the initial, uh, what was the initial reaction that that people had and that you guys had to that record coming out? Initially, it was great. Um, <clears throat> I think other than impending doom, we had the the highest um, freshman release out of any uh, face down band. And so it looked very promising for us. Um, everything looked like a bright future. Um, and <laughs> I can get into more. Well, that. Ah, Screw it. I will. Statute um, of limitations, man. The band's not around anymore. No, no, not at all. Um, honestly, it was a, it was either us or Silent Planet that was going to be the next big thing. Um, and Silent Planet is leagues beyond more talented than we were. Um, musically, lyrically, uh, business-wise, and they're, they're some of our best friends. We played um, their first big tour with them. Well, the Dallas date of it. They, they did Screen the Prayers, one of their first big things, and we played the Dallas date. Became really close with the guys. It was super awesome. And right before releasing Struggle Well, we did a tour with Silent Planet. So a short little one. And technically, we were the headliners of it. Um, but we released the first single from Struggle Well on that tour, um, which was Good Intentions. And, and yeah, at the time, it was kind of like, 
all right, if there's going to be one, let's see which of these two bands is kind of going to make it. And we got a really great initial push, but then Silent Planet, everybody realized that like these guys are insanely incredible. And we knew it too on the tour. We're like, all right, these guys are going to be the next big thing. Um, so it it just kind of went that way. (laughs) That's so intangible though. That's hard to, you know, um, because I, I remember thinking back to certain tours, more more famous tours. Like I think it was I'm trying to remember. It was like Project Eighty Six and POD went out on tour with Lincoln Park one year, and they really? were like and they were like headlining, and then Hybrid wow. Theory dropped like mid tour, and then they were no longer headline. Like Project yeah. Eighty Six and POD were like <laughs> were like opening the show after that. Yeah, um, that's Dang. interesting though. Uh, that that is interesting. I, I guess I've never really sat down and compared mouth of the south to silent planet like it just um i have two spheres i've got like the solid state sphere over here and the face on and so i i tend not to not to compare and contrast the bands uh if i was a better podcaster i probably would do that but uh <laughs> <laughs> you know uh they just seem like two very separate things to me but um but yeah so that so that's rough so i mean was that kind of like a deflating like like deflating sales kind of th- not sales as in like album sales but like deflating sales like um in the ship well, that in the ship that is your band i don't know that's a right. metaphor i guess well like mainly i don't i don't mean to say like they're the reason we didn't succeed that's not that's not the case at all they just got more momentum than we were getting sure we, we still could have absolutely capitalized on the momentum we were getting um we just did not have the mindset or the right team in place to do that um and so we kind of shot ourselves in the foot every every other turn that we took. And I'm I'm super glad that Silent Planet has gotten to where they are. And any time that they come through outside of COVID, I'm stoked to to see them and hang out with them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I think I think personally, or yeah, I, I do think that it made made a difference. One, I remember one specific show. I think it was right after we released Good Intentions, or either right before or right after we released Good Intention as a single. Um, we played a show at rocket town in Nashville and it was a super small show in like a ballet room of rocket town. Yeah. Um, and 40 people and silent planet sold eight worth of merchandise, which means that every single person that paid bought a t-shirt from them. Oh my Um, goodness. And, and we sold maybe like 150, something like that. Um, and so I mean, comparison is the, the thief of joy, but, uh, like they, they did just, they did really well. They had the coolest merch. They had, everything was, was right. They marketed themselves, right. They did all that stuff. And instead of like trying to compete and outdo them, we just kind of got bogged down and like, Oh, we're not as good as silent planet. And <laughs> that that's about it. <laughs> so what stops you from grabbing, you know, three or four bands that you know, aren't as good as you are and taking them out on tour you know, do it, do the, uh, do the dream theater thing where, you know, you take out bands that are not quite at your level and then, uh, all you can do is shine from there. Um, that's a horrible question. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, without that intentional thought behind it, <laughs> we, we, we did that a couple times, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Um, but we just, we didn't have the following, uh, and we could do some Southern state runs and they'd be tight. Um, but outside of that, it just, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't there for us. Um, I think we were kind of on the downswing of like outspoken Christian metal. Yeah. Um, 
you know, like it, it was a real hot thing for a minute. Um, and I think we kind of came in at the tail end of that. And so even whether or not our music was what people wanted to listen to or not, um, the, the outspoken, uh, quote unquote preachiness that we had on stage, um, to, to a lot of people, like there's a lot more secular metal fans than there are Christian metal fans. Um, and so to a lot of people, it, it kind of became, especially at the tail end of everything, it kind of became, I think a little bit of a deterrent, which we didn't care. I mean, and I, I still don't regret that at all. Like we, we set on a mission, we said, this is what we stand for and that's what we stood for. Um, so we, we went with it regardless of if it got us big or not. And it the goal was, the goal was never to get big. Um, we wanted, we were a business. We wanted to be a business. We wanted to, to be successful, um, and whatever that looked like, but our, our rate of success was more so based on the, the people that we impacted versus the money that we made. And which is good because we didn't make any money whatsoever. <laughs> it's good that you were already in that mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say that the, the, the outspoken Christian band thing kind of was born and died with what sleeping giant and for today, you know, when yeah. they were doing their runs, I for today went on for a little while longer after that, but, um, sleeping giant, you know, famously ended, uh, few years ago now i guess i can't believe it's been years all this stuff all this stuff feels like it's been a couple weeks ago uh yeah, right yeah so it's it's just kind of rough in that respect but um uh, you know and to get back to the album a little bit you know one of the things that i was saying about it being passionate is you guys were outspoken in a way that i honestly wasn't used to like it's one thing like it, it's one thing where like you know uh tom green from Sleeping Giant will get up on a track and he'll start, you know, and we're here to invoke the power of Christ today. And it's like a, like a church service. And it like, it's really awesome. Like you really get right. into it, you know? Um, but what you guys were doing was, um, was a little bit different in that your guys, your guys's lyrics were a bit more like actually like confrontational, um, so to speak. Um, which is I, when I say it like that, it sounds like it's a bad thing. And I know in our current climate, confrontational stuff, is not received very well, but you know, just hearing some of the some of the stuff that you guys made, like the bold claims, um, especially in Blind Guides, that was the first song I ever heard from Mouth of the South, and it was very. Um, it definitely took me back to like when I was in a Christian hardcore band and was trying to say the same things. I don't think I articulated it very well uh, <laughs> back then, but um, you know, just the direct confrontational nature of the lyrics and um, the the boldness that was there. You know, there aren't a whole lot of bands anymore or even that year that would have just like thrown out the there is one god there is one way there is one truth um and you know obviously that's going to be super polarizing to people um and do you think that that might have also been a little bit of the turn off you know from the metal fans in general um i thought that it would be oh did i freeze my back no you're good my back yeah you're back okay cool um yeah i i thought that it i thought that it would be but honestly there was a lot of even people in our local scene that like were definitely not Christian at all that knew those lyrics that would scream them along with us, even though they didn't, you know, believe that or, or understand it is like a cool line to them. And so, I mean, yeah, sure. Some, somewhat it was polarizing and, and, but to some degree it wasn't. Um, and our goal was always to be like, yeah, I, I wanted to be blunt with that. I wanted to be straightforward with that. Um, but I, I wanted to like, there's, there's a way to speak the truth without being an asshole, you know, 
Um, and that's the follow-up line is I'm not shoving it down your throat, but I'd take a bullet if it means this gets to you. Right. Like I'm not going to not say this. I'm not going to shy away because like you believe a different truth. Like I firmly believe that there is one truth. There is one way there's one God. Um, and so I'm, I'm not going to shy away from that. I'm not going to pull back to appease somebody else, but I'm not also going to be an asshole about it. I'm not going to be a dick to you and, and like act like I'm better than or holier than thou or anything like that. Like, I'm just gonna be like, Hey, this is truly what I believe. And if I, if I do believe it, then that means, um, Oh man, who said it? Uh, there was like a, a video or something. I don't remember what it was, but it's like, if Christians really believed what they said, then they should be crawling hands and knees through glass to like proclaim the truth or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I don't remember who I remember. It's a famous quote, but I can't remember who said it. Yeah. Um, and then one of my, one of our buddies bands, they used to be called the gun show. Um, I remember the line. gun show. Yeah. 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 The gun show was real tight. They had a line that was like, how selfish are we if we have a cure, but we don't share it or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, yeah, like I, if you listen to me, if you hear it, awesome. If you don't, I'm still going to be your friend. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to be who I am and you can be who you are, but I hope that, you know, you see something different than me. So that's it. Well, and you know, that's one of the things too. One of the things that really stood out to me on that record was the, the spoken word, uh, segments that are in there. There's the one in dry, Mm. dry bones, which is awesome. (laughs) Like, um, and then you did, there was an entire track of it. Simply grace. Um, I never knew who did those. That wasn't you talking, was it? Or was it? No, it was not. Definitely wasn't you. It's not your voice. No. Yeah. Um, it was our really good friend, Jeremy Ottens, who at the time, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, no, it was uh, brother friend. He went by the, the, the name brother friend as his poetry stuff. Okay. And we, uh, met him. Uh, he was out with our buddies in the band least of these who are another band from, um, our area of Texas. And he was with them at the cornerstone festival Um, and we were waiting in line the night before to get into Cornerstone and he was going through some of his poems that were just like, you know, bringing us to tears and it was just super moving. And it was right at the time of listener and Levi, the poet being real hot um, and all that kind of stuff. So we're like, absolutely. Let's get this guy on our tracks. Um, and let's go with it. And then he toured with us after that, um, on the, we did a tour with war of ages and, um, Oh my gosh! Why am I drawing a blank on this? New Zealand band from Face Down, my own label. Saving my, Grace. Saving Grace. Yep. Yes, my our good friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did a tour with them <laughs> uh, in Death of an Era, and he came on that tour and performed uh, the song Dry Bones. Well, I think he only did Dry Bones with us like once in Austin, Texas. Yeah. But um, aside from that, on that tour, he did his own poetry at the end of our set. Um, instead of me preaching on that tour, he kind of took over and, and did his thing, which was really cool. Yeah. The song, uh, the song simply grace, like, like I'm going to be straight up. Like I'm not as, um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not as into the spiritual side of things as I, as I used to be. And it's weird though, because whenever I hear that song, I'll still like, it'll just come on in my shuffle or something on the car and I'll hear it and I'll be all like, Oh man. What have I done with, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's very, it's very convicting in that way. Yeah. But like, since we're Americans and we're so self-absorbed, like eventually that, feel, <laughs> that feeling goes away until I hear the song again, you know, like that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, 
yeah that that added <laughs> that added so much to the record like i can't even explain it to the point that i was actually um i remember like trying to it's so funny that i had to i actually had to wait all those years just to interview you to find out who did that um because i didn't have the cd for the longest time i was <laughs> i've always been I, I was a huge streamer for a very very long time until i started collecting physical uh yeah. stuff again and so i ended up getting the cd for i think like Two ninety nine on Amazon, but I was streaming it on whatever streaming services we had back then. I think it was it was an old one. It was called like RDO Radio. That was okay. the first one that I that I streamed the Mouth of the South stuff on. And because I remember getting into, I got into Mouth of the South, and I got into Gideon, and um, which is interesting how they've wh- where they're at. Um, yeah. But like all those bands, I got it. <laughs> and um, but no, the Mouth of the South record really stood out to me. And then it seemed like. For like a year, I want to say I caught you guys on a tour, but I can't remember where it was. I mean, it had to have been here in St. Louis. Um, I don't remember driving like out of town to see it, but I swear I saw you guys on a tour. And then like after that, it was like there was nothing for a little while. Like I didn't know um, if the band had broke up or if there had been, you know, something like that. And then all of a sudden, Facedown announces this band they have called Rival Choir. And I was like, well, who is that? And then I listened to it and I was like, oh, it's Mouth of the South, but it's called something different. Yeah. So you guys, I guess you eventually didn't get outvoted on the name change or? Man, at that point, we had been through so many member changes that I was the most original member there was. You were Zayo um, at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so so it came up because... I mean, obviously, at that point, we had been Mouth of the South for a long time. We had released two EPs, two full lengths, um, one as a signed band, and the momentum was just it, – it wasn't there. Like, it was slightly growing, but at the place we were at in our lives, it was like, we need this to grow more. We, we have to take a large step forward or else we're not going to be able to do this. And right. so um, at the time, we had lost a guitarist. We got a new guitarist. Our style – uh, I mean, obviously, if you listen to I Believe, Help My Unbelief in comparison to Struggle Well, it's a very, very different sound. Um, it's much more post-hardcore. Yeah, it sounds sure. like a different band, but you're singing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it's like, all right, if we're going to rebrand literally everything but the name, why don't we just rebrand the name? Um, and and at the time, it made sense. I don't regret doing that uh, at all. Um I think it was the right move. Uh, one of the things, well, no, there, there was only, there was only one agent that we kind of worked with that like worked with us because of the name mouth of the South. And that was Scott Lee up at, up in, uh, he ran new England metal and hardcore fest. Um, and was Phineas's, uh, manager, but he loved the name mouth of the South. He was the only one in the industry that loved the name mouth of the South. A lot of people were like, all right, that's fine. Um, but nobody loved it other than Scott Lee. And so we were like, you know what? Okay. Nobody loves this name. It's like kind of funny. Um, but it doesn't bode a serious thing. It came about during the time of the devil wears Prada and all of the song names back in those days were like funny names and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's 2000 and shoot. When would that have been? 15, 16, 16, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think we recorded in fifteen, release it in sixteen. So you know, I could just, just I could just look. Hang on. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I should know this. I I did it. <laughs> I got the record right here. Hold on, let's see what it says. Twenty sixteen, face down record. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it would have been August of fifteen that we decided to change it up, I and mean, we we're like, okay, we're, you know, um, 
eight years past when the band originated. We're a completely different band from from members to style to everything. So let's let's try this. Let's let's take a stab. Let's see what can happen. Um, we a lot. Most of us grew up loving post hardcore. So let's be a post hardcore band and see if this can get us the traction that we want. Like a heavy post hardcore band, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a little bit more chariot, I think, than me without you. You know, yeah, but right. um, I think I really enjoyed that record. I had to admit it was a grower on me because I'm a little bit of a meathead. So I'm like, heavy, heavy, be heavy, be so heavy. Um, and it's not that yeah. this right. It's not that 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 it wasn't a heavy record, but um, it was definitely it was definitely different. Um, but one thing I noticed too is that like lyrically, it was still the same. Um, in in, yeah. in the uh, in the passion department, except it almost seemed like lyrically it was more self reflective, more so because I feel like I feel like struggle well was like preach the gospel, and then you know <laughs> uh, I believe help my unbelief was more like. Yeah, so like I, you know, I preach the gospel, but I mean, just want to let you know that like I'm not like totally perfect or anything, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was a hundred percent of the mindset behind it. I remember finishing struggle well and thinking like, yeah, there there was a lot of transparency in that. There was a lot of honesty, but it was more focused on you. Um, I, there were there were definitely songs about me for sure, but there was more than I. I think there's still more songs about me, but it was still in, in like you said, that, that preachy mindset. Um, and so going into, I believe it was much more of like, all right, I I'm still screwing up a lot and I'm, I don't, I'm not going to tell people what to do anymore. Like uh, I'll preach what I'm going to preach and I'll, I'll say what I'm going to say, but I'm not going to tell somebody what to do um, and how to, how to go about their faith, how to go about their non-faith or whatever. Like, uh, not in my music, at least like if you want to sit down with me and have a conversation where we're sitting around having a beer or something like that, like, cool, I'll do that. But I don't need I don't need to do that on a record. Um, what I need is to use this as my therapy again and and have an atmosphere or a, an environment of like releasing something. And so I'm going to do that because this music is my lyrics are about what I need to get off my chest um, and that's it. And like, and like I said, if you relate to it, awesome it sucks that you relate to it because I hope that nobody relates to it, <laughs> but, but cool that we get to share the same story. Um, what do you think? Was there a difference, uh, in the momentum or how it was received? Because I, the way I look at it, so like, I'm terrified. Like I was in a band years ago, I'm not going to talk about it. I've talked about it plenty, but like, basically, um, if I were to reform the band now and go out and do it again, um, mm -hmm. everybody would immediately be like, change the name. And I'd be like, Ooh, don't want to change the name because then I don't think anybody's going to know that it's me. Um, and so I, I, I worry that that may have been a factor for you guys. Yeah. Um, for sure. Absolutely. Cause like, it took a long time to get to the point where people understood that. And I, I guarantee that there are people out there that do not know that mouth of South and Rabble choir was the same band that that was rebranded, not not Mouth of the South broke up and Rival Choir started. Right. Um, though at the same time, we really didn't fully treat it like that. A lot of us wanted to play Mott songs, um, and it just it just didn't happen. I was uh, gonna say that was my question: Were you playing the old songs along with the new songs, or was it like we're Rival Choir? Here's the songs that are on our record. Uh, it was the latter. Okay. Yeah. 
So was that kind of, you know, you were talking about momentum earlier. Was it just that there was not the same type of momentum that you were expecting with that record coming out? Because, I mean, to be honest, from my perspective as a listener, that record just came and went. And that was that was it. Yeah, I mean, geez, we did like two tours with Rebel Choir with me in it. I mean, we did um, we did the name change tour and the release, which was with O Sleeper. Um, and then, uh, we probably did, you know, the, the summer festivals and stuff like that. Um, but not on like an actual tour. Um, I forget what we did during that summer. And then we did my last tour, uh, with for today, Gideon and wage war. Um, and that was, yeah, the second like major tour that we did as rival choir. And it just, it just didn't pick up. We didn't sell much more than we did with struggle. Well, um, and which, we knew to some degree was going to happen. We were hoping for a little bit more than we did, but we knew the name change was going to like kind of throw things off a little bit. Um, but we were hoping for like a consistent reaction and it just, it just didn't go the way that we wanted it to. And at the time I had, uh, moved to Washington state with my wife and, um, it was a lot harder to leave Washington, come back and not make any money. Um, so it just came next to impossible to, to maintain. So I left, um, they tried to keep it going. They did a couple more small tours. They got a, a new vocalist, um, Juan Pardo, which was one of our best friends and merch guy for a long time. Great vocalist. Um, but it just, they didn't have the, the momentum, um, to do anything and didn't have the, the, the funds to continue it either. So, so they didn't continue for a massively long time after you left. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, now that we're here in 2020 and you've released a new song, uh, you know, what, what's been going on since then? Um, oh man. So in, oh man, when was it? 2018, we played our last show, um, which was after like six months of no shows, no tour or anything like that. I think they asked me to to come back and play the last show and we played it in our, our hometown that we like kind of started off and and actually started picking up in um and that was awesome and at that time i had started going to school for music production um and learning a lot of stuff on that end of things i wanted to i wanted to continue to do music whether it was helping other people make theirs or or do my own or both um and so i always knew that i was going to put out something again at some point and what better time than a quarantine sure (laughs) yeah i mean perfect Everybody's yeah. trapped. They they have no choice but to pay attention. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, a lot has has happened. A lot of life has happened. Like I said, I moved. To, I lived in two different states. Um, came back to Texas almost two years ago. Um, the song that I released, though, I I wrote that in my head probably. Oh man, close to five years ago now. Yeah. Um, and kind of put it, piece it together over the years. And then finally just took the time to finalize it and make it what I wanted it to be. How has the reaction been for you on that song? It seems like everybody's pretty positive on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been really awesome. Um, I haven't put too much time into like marketing or like spreading the word as much as just like, Hey, I'm going to post from my page and post from rival choirs page and, see what happens and that's it. And with that, it's been, it's been pretty great because Rob choir has been non-existent for years. Um, not, I mean, I don't have like, I I'm not consistent on social media anymore, so I'm not like in the algorithms that everybody sees. Um, and so, so with that, like 
it's it's been pretty decent and I'm very, very happy with it. Absolutely. People have been great. Um, I posted it in a like face down appreciation page and all the um, feedback on that was amazing. Our face down fans have been super, super incredible. Um, and so to have that like continued support, regardless of us, of me not being in a, a face down related project anymore, um, has been really cool. Well, and is this, uh, so is this just a, a single or are we looking at it being representative of like a release coming out? Be it, be it, di- I mean, this day and age, it's going to be digital, right? Like, unless like you can get like people to pre-order a physical copy early, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I I have no intention of doing a physical copy. Um, I would love to put my stuff out on a vinyl, but I I don't think that will ever happen. Um, As of right now, I have um, four songs that I'm finishing up, including the including Fame that I've already released. Um, Just working on learning how to get better at mixing. I'm trying to do everything as DIY as I possibly can. Um, So I'm I'm engineering i'm mixing i'm mastering all myself um and i'm working with a buddy to help me with some of the artwork um but other than that yeah i'm trying to do everything on my own so um in my mind i'm I'm gonna put out a, a four song demo uh ep within the next month or two um hopefully by the end of august it will be out um just depending on if i can finish up some mixing and drum writing and stuff like that um but yeah, so four song demo, see what that does. If, if that picks up traction, um, I haven't had the greatest, uh, time trying to write new stuff recently. A lot of this stuff is like years in the, in the making and, and just kind of like, all right, that's good enough. Let's finish it and, and put that out. Um, so I don't know, uh, sick heart is not any intention to be a solo project at all. It's more more of a collaboration with all friends. Um, I have, I've had, like like I said, the original drummer of mouth. The South has been the main one helping me write drums. Um, I've got some other friends that are helping me write drums. I'll probably incorporate other friends with the actual like song structure of, of writing, um, and stuff like that. Cause I know I've got a lot to say, but I just don't always have all the music to write. Um, so yeah, it, I'll just kind of see where it goes. Each of the four songs that I have are completely different from the last, um, I feel like feigned has, you said more of an ambient, like kind of, it, for me, it came from an under oath inspiration. Um, I have another song that's some much more, uh, Norma Jean inspiration that actually one of our, uh, the original guitar, well, not original the guitar set helped write transparency and, um, struggle. Well, uh, Michael Butler, um, wrote one of the songs that I'm using, um, that was supposed to be for rival choir, but we never ended up using it. And so I've kind of repurposed it. Um, and then I've got one that's kind of a brand new style indie song and one that's kind of brand new mixed with law dispute. And so they're all very, very different, um, but still the same kind of emotion and heart behind them all. That's awesome. Can't wait to hear more of that because I really, like I said, I really like the new song. Um, I wouldn't have asked you on if I hated it, you know, um, <laughs> just, just being honest, yeah. but the, uh, you know, th- this is the part of the interview where, you know, we're going to be wrapping up here soon, but I wanted to ask a couple of more like unorthodox questions and something that I've been personally interested in, um, talking to a few people that have been from the Christian hardcore and metalcore scene. Um, you know, what, what do you think w- was your biggest struggle 
being in a being in a Christian like heavy band um during those years because I know like really it was more popular than it had ever been at that time, which would make it seem like a safe space, but at the same time um, I hear horror stories all the time, <laughs> you know, about, about things that, that made it extremely difficult. So I just wanted to get your perspective on what it was like starting off in that scene and, 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 you know, inevitably getting into a point in that scene where you didn't feel like you were gaining traction. Mm. Um, honestly, like we never experienced much like direct um, animosity towards like our mission behind what we were doing um, at all even in our local scene of like a lot of people that were not about Christianity, uh, we're not necessarily against it, but like they just didn't care and they were still like our best buds. Um, and like uh, playing on tour and shows, like we never had people like just come against us openly. Um, there's maybe one time that I can remember somebody kind of like telling us to shut up, um, while I was talking. But other than that, like that aspect of it for us really never played a part. Um, and we, you know, played shows with suffocate, um, and, and all sorts of like different bands that, and in different places that like, were not receptive to it at all, but we're still like, we experienced personally, like just utmost respect from pretty much everybody that we came across. Um, and I, I think it's because of the way that we carried ourselves. Like we, we made it clear that we're not here to be assholes or jerks or anything like that. We're here to just like. This is just what we believe. And, and if we, if we believe it, like we say that we do, then we have to talk about it because that's, um, it's just the kind of natural overflow of who we are and what we're trying to be. So that's it. And, and like it or love it or like it or hate it, you know, we're, we're still going to do it. Um, and so we saw a lot of respect from that. We never really faced any backlash or direct opposition from it, which was cool. Um, but we, we, de- we definitely saw it like dwindle. Like we said, uh, you know, the, the, it was very cool to be a Christian band. Um, we didn't want to be a Christian band because it was cool. We wanted to be a Christian band because that's who we were as people. Um, and we all had different walks. We all came from different parts of life and all that kind of stuff, but we knew what we believed and we wanted to stand for that. And so it, it, the rest of it really didn't matter or affect us. Well, and then, I'm going to take that same question and, re- and reverse it a little bit. Um, it being part of the Christian music scene, did you ever feel like you were being expected to live up to something that maybe didn't represent you from the Christian industry itself? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Putting out feigned. There we go. Yeah. Putting out feigned um, as an example. Um, and uh, all of the four songs that I have, I, I use curse words in them. Um, and for a long time, I was afraid to have that. And I knew that I couldn't with face down. Right. Um, yeah. And um, not not that I was like, oh, I'm just dying to have a cuss word in these songs. Um, Is that that old Emir influence coming back out? <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> that's funny. No, I just, you know, I want to I want to be real. And um, I use that language in my everyday life. I, I feel like to, to be scared of it. Like, I don't know. It's such a catch 22 with that. Um, but yeah, like for a long time, like if, if I had a drink at a show, like there was members of the bands that were like, dude, what are you doing? You can't like, you have to wait for everybody to leave before you do that. Um, and I'm like, dude, it's, 
I don't know. And again, all <laughs> you're those hurting, things are all you're hurting your witness, bro. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and I, I used to think the same thing. Hey, everybody, like, he's wearing a Coors shirt right now. <laughs> Coors banquet. Exposed. Um, no. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. Like, yes, there, there was some expectations that I feel like, you know, people had. But but for the most part, I think with how we carried ourselves, how we presented ourselves, that there was an understanding that it, it wasn't about putting on a show. It wasn't about putting on a front um, to the best of our abilities. Obviously, I think everybody in any situation is going to have some type of a front to some degree, whether it's one percent and super minor or not like we always want to present ourselves as, as something better than what we feel that we are um and and sometimes we don't sometimes we do so like yeah th- there was definitely times where i felt like we were held to some certain standard that you know we we weren't um living up to um but again at the end of the day like we just we just did our own thing we we wanted to be who we were we want to be transparent about about all of that and that's it. And so that's with my new stuff. I'm just like, I want to do that, but even more because I don't have anybody to hold my hand on what I'm writing. I don't have anybody to, to slap my hand when I get out of line. I'm just going to say what I say. Um, cause my prayers are raunchy <laughs> and sure, gritty. Yeah. And so if that's the case, then why act like I'm not that in my music to, to appease to, Anybody, like whether the Christian metal base is the majority or minority, why would I care to a- appeal to that, you know, just to, to save myself from saying a word that I feel in that moment? Yeah. Um, and if you're ministry minded, why, why would the ministry be directed at people that don't need the ministry? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, sure. But man, I really appreciate you taking the time out to do this. Um, take an hour out to let people know what you've been up to and, and, um, to get some of that history. That's, that's my favorite thing about doing this is just kind of getting, getting those stories. And cause we all have questions, you know, like yeah. I, I reached a point where, you know, like I said, Oh yeah. And then mouth of the South just disappeared. And then rival choir showed up and then that disappeared. And then it was like, that was my only reference point yeah. for that band for, for the longest time. So for sure. it's, it's cool to get to do this and, and not only myself to, to get to find out what, happened to what was going on behind the scenes, but also for the listeners, the people that might care. So, yeah. um, I really appreciate you taking the time out, man. This is cool. Absolutely. It's been, it's been great doing it.